Hi, my name is Emily Hernandez. And I'm Tanuja Ramchal. This is Seek Human Spaces podcast, where we explore how to embrace our humanness while smashing oppressive norms. Today, Emily and I are going to be talking about the importance of failing. And the reason that I actually wanted to talk about this topic specifically with Emily is because she was telling me a story about how she failed a class. And when she failed that class, it ended up changing her career trajectory. Tell us a little bit about that, Emily. It was my second semester, no, my first semester junior year, but I failed three times in a row. I withdrew from calculus, which often for a college student feels like a failure, especially when we're first gen and we don't know how we can use withdrawals to our best benefit. I then got a D in chemistry and then I failed calculus again. And all of those courses were prerequisites for me to get on track for the pre-med program at, well, the pre-pre-med program at CCNY. And it, I was already behind. So I was already grappling with this fear of not being enough, not doing things fast enough, not catching up. Um, And then I failed three times in a row because it was back-to-back semesters. And that was... uh, that taught me a lot about myself, my own resilience, and and how to cope with failure in the broader sense, right? Because you can fail a class and then just retake it, and that's okay. But I think failure holds so many more implications when we think of identity, when we think of um, the immigrant experience, when we think of being first gen, when we think of these spaces where we already feel uncomfortable to think that there are people that did it on their first try and I'm trying, this is my third try and I couldn't, uh, was disastrous. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, let's talk about those initial feelings because I I feel we can always look back at those events, especially now that you're graduated and look at it in terms of the growth that happened. Mm -hmm. But when it's happening in real time and that is the experience you're having, what is it that you're feeling? I felt like a disappointment. (laughs) I felt like I was letting everyone down and like I was wasting my time. I had a tutor prior that had told me, you know, when you take the test, just walk away. Don't talk about it. Don't dwell on it. Don't think about it. You already did it. Put it in the universe and keep, just keep moving. So I was trying to, I had almost this cognitive dissonance where it's like in my brain, I know that I'm failing, but then I also know there's nothing I can do. I just have to let it go. Um, So it was tug of war, a constant, constant tug of war of, who am I? What am I doing? Why am I here? I'm wasting time, but I'm not doing it fast enough. And it it was just intense. So I started doing this, this really cute thing where I would buy myself food every time I would fail. (laughs) I'd take a test and I'd be like, I know I definitely failed that. Let me go get pasta. For folks that know CCNY, there's a really good pasta place across the street. It's called Fumo's or I would get chicken nuggets. I would do something that would help me realize, you know, it's okay. I think a lot of times where the danger is, is when we associate failing with being a failure. Mm-hmm. So it becomes like, an, you know, an identity, I, you know, where people feel that they are the problem because they didn't uh, pass this class. Also, your performance tells you a lot about what it is that you align with, what it is that you don't align with, because sometimes, you know, you're choosing a path because this is what you believe is a secure path or this is the path that your family wants you to pursue. But if it's not something that you really are interested in, 
I feel in that sense, like failing actually gives you a lot of information. Yeah, I tell my students when when I meet with them, the best thing you can do is fail the first time. Um, because then you learn, it teaches you more about what works, what will lead you to success than if you succeed, right? When we think of like people that go viral overnight, which is so prevalent in our life right now, or like one hit wonders, the first thing that they throw out works and then they don't understand what about it is what works. So replicating it becomes so hard because you don't know what it's like to fail until you fail. You don't know what mm-hmm. that feels like in the body until it happens. You don't know how you're going to handle it until it happens. So to fail early on is a blessing in disguise. Failure teaches you so much. And I do not trust anyone that tells me they haven't failed. I once read about Google and their hiring process and where they actually didn't look uh, for people with like the 3.9 and 4.0 GPAs mm-hmm. because they said that's an indicator that that person is not a risk taker. That person has not failed. And I, I feel that's such a good point because, you know, the people who actually succeed are also the people who fail the most, right? And you said something about people who something went viral. And I remember also reading something about Michael Jackson, about his uh, thriller album, and it was such a huge success. And he constantly was trying to replicate that. He spent the rest of his life trying to get back to that level of success, and he couldn't mm-hmm. and always felt like a failure. And we all know how Michael Jackson's life turned out, right? And I feel a lot of times this is what happens when we're not taking risks because what we're after is that high feeling from being successful to the point that that can become an addiction. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, for that reason, I think it's so important that we define what success is and what failure is, right? Because if you feel like you're in control of the outcome of your actions, as opposed to it's just happening to you by fate, you're happier in life. You know, post-grad, I think failing a class in college isn't as scary as when you're post-grad applying to jobs and you get a no. I graduated and I got a billion no's before I got the job of my dreams. The job I used to tell my mom, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So it's so important that when we look at failure, we recognize failure is, it's, it's like, what, what does it mean? You know, what What does it look, what does it actually look like? You can fail a class and realize like what happened to me. This is not my path. This is not what I want. And it won't make me happy. Or you can fail a class and realize, hey, I'm really burnt out and I need to take a step back and go to therapy, go on vacation, take a gap year. And those are really real things that hold so much implication down the line. Right. So it's it's interesting the ways in which we kind of feel like everything is do or die so that's why it's important that for us to define right because I I personally genuinely think there's no problem in being mediocre I think you have to be mediocre at something before you're good at it you have to be bad at something before you have to get all the bad ideas out before the good one comes right and for some people that may look like failure but for me it just looks like you know I'm purging everything that doesn't work so that I can figure out the formula that will work and will take me to the next step and even listening to you talk about this to see how a lot of times when we even say that word failure is that it's not a bad thing. Like we make failure like that, you know, like it has such a negative charge, that word failure. When to, to fail is actually to be human, 
right? And if we look at it as a long game, life is a long game, or career is a long game, at the end of the day, right, it's not like we're just climbing up a mountain, up, 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 up. You know, you have valleys as well that you're going to, and, and life is a series of that, those peaks and those valleys. And if we see it as something linear where we're constantly having to go up, that's where we get into trouble because we are not willing to, to fail, to make mistakes, to take risks, to mess up. And then we're just living life in this just very safeguarded way where you're not getting to bring your full humanity. And that, you know, living that way is dehumanizing because you're cutting off so many parts of yourself and you're not allowing yourself to even dream. I think a large part of this comes from schooling as well, where we're punished for quote unquote failing and rewarded for excelling. And that becomes our own internalized conditioning in terms of how we're treating ourselves. I was watching this interview with Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah is a comedian and he was um, he was the host of The Daily Show for a long time. And Trevor Noah talks about for comedians that 90% of the jokes are flops. But when we think of Trevor Noah, when we think of Chris Rock, or when we think of another famous comedian that we really like, we think of how great they are and we don't think of the flops if we look at it that way you see that it was necessary for them to have those jokes fail to try them out to go in front of audiences and maybe even get booed for them to be that level of success where they're showing up on Netflix and Comedy Central and all of these different places even Michael Jordan the reason that he's considered the greatest basketball player of all time is because he's failed more than any other basketball player, you know, and the number of shots he's missed far exceed the number of shots he actually made. But what we remember Michael Jordan for is greatness and how we deny ourselves our full expression when we don't allow ourselves to fail and to make mistakes and how that also becomes that internalized oppression. When we think of it that way, um, when we think of failure in that way, it's easier for us to conceptualize, to to even remove the feeling from it, right? Because that that's the feeling. Failure is the feeling that keeps us back. Because sometimes like we fail and, and it's for our best benefit. Again, I put myself as an example um, I don't think I'm this exceptional person that fell from the sky. I think I'm a regular girl um, that put in a lot of work and that other people can do the same thing and do it better than me. And that comes with failure, right? I remove the feeling from it. But when you hold on to this feeling so tightly, it almost becomes like a victim mentality. Everyone is against me. My life is against me, right? So that's kind of what the locus of control talks about and how when we change the way we we internalize certain things, um, certain setbacks, it makes it easier for us to catch up or to change paths to something that aligns more. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about that feeling of failure, I believe it's also to be okay with that feeling. Absolutely. Right? Because a lot of times, because we are not okay with that feeling and we're resisting that feeling, that's where, you know, we we kind of cut ourselves off from opportunities because it's now if if 
I don't succeed on the first try or whatever, that then it means something bad about me. And, and that's where we also go back into the comfort zone. And we, and in the comfort zone, like there's not any growth happening there. And we see that failure is essential to, to growing. It's a necessary part of growth. When you get that sense of disappointment or that sense of even feeling that there's something wrong with you, rather than wanting to escape it or wanting to uh, just go back into what you're comfortable with. It's to just take maybe a moment and to acknowledge like that feeling. And again, if we look at the long game, if you're not willing to take those risks and if you're not willing to fail, you're probably just go down a safe path and choose something because this is the path where there are the most jobs or I, a, lot of, a lot of times what people tell me is like, oh, there's a lot of stability here. And I always question them about what that means because that word stability is something that I've had a lot of conversations with myself about in terms of the fact that we're looking for that stability on the outside because we don't feel that stability on the inside. And the reason that we don't feel that stability on the inside is because of our relationship with things like failure and rejection and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And when we're not willing to face those things, it means that we have to attach a lot of times to things outside ourselves where we end up having to shrink who we are in order to have that stability. And I always say to people, is it really stability or is it oppression, right? Because we, we are conditioned to think of it one way, but when we actually look at what it is, it's that you're not truly free to be yourself and you're not truly free to express yourself in the way that you want. I think it's so funny that you bring up stability. Um, because when I changed my major to psychology, that's what I got from my parents. There is no stability in psychology. Mm. What are you going to do? You're going to be homeless. <laughs> and I get it from a lot of students as well, especially at Baruch. Oh, there's so much more stability in finance. It'll be easier for me to get a job. Um, and speaking very objectively, for me, knowing who I am now at 24, the thought of sitting behind a desk, crunching numbers all day makes me feel like a failure. Because what, what I have learned to define success as is being impactful, right? Is working with people and, and reminding them of their own capacity. Not so much, you know, what I can do for them, but more so how they can find it within themselves to do what they've always dreamed of. That's what mm -hmm. I've defined as success, mm -hmm. right? Very different from what my parents have defined success to be like. They've defined it as having a boatload of money. You can be in psych and have a boatload of money. You can be a writer, a freelancer, and have a boatload of money. Um, so that's, again, circling back to my main point. It's so important for us to clearly define what failure looks like and what success looks like. There are days when getting out of bed, that's all you did, and that is success because it feels impossible. There are days when you're like, Damn, I took a shower today. I, you know, I did it. I did the thing today. So it's so important that we recognize that, like you're mentioning, you know, this is a long game and we're just, every step that you take forward, you're just figuring it out. You don't know if the terrain is wobbly. You don't know if the floor is going to give out. And if it does, that's okay. There are people down there that are going to push you back up and people up here that are going to pull you out, right? Um, so when we open ourselves to that, 
things radically change. Um, I heard um, this quote on a podcast I was listening to. Um, it's in Spanish. I'll say it in Spanish and then I'll translate. En la vida uno nunca pierde. Uno gana o le empata. So roughly it translates to in life you never lose. You either tie up the game or you win, right? And even those wins come with certain implications of now the next step, you know, there is a learning curve to it, right? So it's so important. Um, and when you mentioned Michael Jordan, like you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. You, you're going to miss them. So I'd rather miss 57 and make the rest, right? Because a lot of times we are avoiding things so much from that place of failure that we're essentially failing. I love that when you said, it's like, you have to define what success means to you, right? And understanding what that that means. Uh, it's, it's a very personal decision. And if you're just going into a job and it's just about the money, it's where you're basically enslaved to somebody because they're giving you a paycheck, You fail. right? Yeah, you're, you're just going in and going through the motions mm-hmm. just for that quote-unquote security when you're not truly expressing yourself and, you know, being, allowing yourself room to be who you are. Because if you're not being true to yourself, are you really successful? Is that really the way that you want to live? When you talked about the long game, is that a part of the overall picture is that you're moving in the direction that you want to go in and to see that you're not going to win at everything. You're not going to, not everything that you do, you're going to succeed at, Mm -hmm. but overall you're still moving towards what it is that you want. And that itself is winning. So it's not about, you know, where you're looking at everything and everything that you have to win. But are you moving in the direction that you want overall? You know, is the car moving in the direction? Yeah, there might be detours and there might be, you know, times when the car breaks down or there might be times when, you know, things don't go as planned. But overall, is it moving in the direction that you want to go? Because that is the big picture that you want to hold as you're making these decisions. And it also comes back to trusting yourself. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not trusting yourself, you're going to end up just making decisions based on what you're hearing, what people are telling you, what you were taught, and you're not questioning, you're not interrogating some of the rules that you're following. Understanding the water that we're swimming in, understanding what we've been taught about success and failure. And then for ourselves, we have to, you know, look at that, having the awareness in terms of what that means and, and where do those definitions even come from and why was it important that those definitions exist in the first place right because a lot of times it was used to control people from marginalized backgrounds where people were punished for trusting themselves and I can understand the fear Mm -hmm. I definitely have fear of failure come up and As someone who, you know, twice in my career, I decided like, this is, you know, this is not working out. This is, uh, you know, it was a a big decision point. And I remember when I left my corporate career, um, a number of years ago, one of the big things I had to grapple with is, is, am I a failure? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, first of all, I'm letting other people down. 
um, you know, this is all I know. And when you said, for example, like your parents said, well, if you do psychology, you're going to be homeless. For me, all I had done up to that point was finance. And I felt like I couldn't do anything else. But what I was actually believing was that all that mattered was my degree and my finance experience. And I was failing to see that all of the lived experiences and everything else that I was bringing to the table, I believe as well, a big part of our conditioning where we are, we are made to believe that our value is linked to our degrees and our achievements. And when we have so much more value beyond that, if you choose to quit a job, well, you don't have to go back into the same field that you studied, or you don't have to stay on the path that you're on, that you can actually change your mind again as part. And that, that doesn't mean that you're a failure. That just means that you're taking control of your life. You're the authority, which basically it, authority means author of, right? It's like you are the author of your life. And for me, how can that even be failure if you're doing that? Yeah, and it's so cliche to say it, <laughs> but it's true. You are in control. I think a lot of people don't understand how successful it is, you know, how much strength, how much dedication and discipline it takes for you to leave a field <laughs> where mm-hmm. there's financial stability in search of your calling, right? I commend anyone that does that because it is terrifying. It's the scariest thing in the world. Um, I remember immediately postgraduate postgrad um I got a job at a charter school it was the most anyone in my immediately immediate family had ever made it was 50k a year I was there for a month and I left I I was like I hate this I hate this I hate my life I wake up in the morning I don't want to go I my only peace is when I'm asleep and I was inundated with you're a failure what are you doing but I had one person um my godmom she she called me up and she said as long as you're happy, that's all that matters to me. Don't worry mm-hmm. about it. Don't worry about it. Keep going. And it took me a while to get another job. Full circle moment. I ended up doing what I had always dreamed of doing. Um, I had when I first got my license. Driving is a lot of just trusting yourself. It's scary how much you have to trust yourself to maneuver a vehicle that weighs a couple tons, right? Um, I made this joke to my brother. I was like, "Oh, I'm a better driver than you because I've never gotten in an accident." Because up until that point, I had assumed accidents while driving means you're a failure. You don't know Mm. how to drive. And he told me, he was like, I don't trust anyone that hasn't gotten in an accident because you don't know what to do when you get in one. And that's more important than if you got in one or not. Like, how are you going to handle that? And I I took that with me. And now I think about how can Mm -hmm. you truly say I trust myself to get me through anything if any time you feel discomfort, if anytime you feel like a failure, you stop, right? You just say no, and you and you go to what's comfortable. And and I I feel like you you failed, mm-hmm. <laughs> very plainly put. If if you've never failed, you're failing at life. You have so much left to learn, and you have so so much more to grow. And what you said just now about your godmother, like that made me emotional because when you have a whole system pushing you in a certain direction having that one person to witness, right? It makes such a big difference. And this is why I always say to find support systems that allow you to be yourself. And the other thing I was thinking about as you were talking about failure in that way, how many people in the past 
were not even afforded the opportunity to fail. They just couldn't fail. And to see how this has been passed down to mm -hmm. us, right? Intergenerational, because our forefathers couldn't fail. You know, it was it was basically do or die. It's making me so emotional to hear you say that. <laughs> because for a really long time, um, you know, like I've talked about in a previous episode with you, I'm first and I'm the first. So I cannot fail. And I remind my students constantly, the fact that you are here already means you're successful. The fact that you're dreaming of more already makes you successful. The fact that you are fighting for more already makes you successful, right? It's so important that we go back and we redefine the lines that were made for us in the sand. As much as my mom loves me, she doesn't get it. She didn't do it. <laughs> she doesn't, she didn't do it. She doesn't know what failure in my field looks like. She doesn't. And, and you know, God bless her soul. Whenever she tries to help me, sometimes you have to set that boundary and say, yo, I'm doing my best with no handbook. But sometimes I got to miss that. I got to scrape my knees so that I can get to where I'm going. And that's okay. So important. And I believe community is a big part of this as well. When you and I talk about this and I feel that kinship, we're having our, our fair share of quote unquote failures in our lives and being here and feeling better off because of that, but also not dismissing the fact that for our ancestors and for a lot of the people who came before us, like they literally had to fit themselves into the box. Yeah. Because it meant survival. And I always say to, to individuals when I'm talking to them that rather than it be survive or die, that there's always a third option and it's that you can thrive, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's where you can put, a, you know, a plant in an environment where it's barely making it versus putting in an environment where the climate, the soil, everything is support supportive of it. And that's when it's going to bloom and bear fruits and it's going to thrive. But also it, for a lot of people, it means finding those spaces, mm -hmm. right? Because if you're in spaces where you're being pushed to succeed in a certain way, where it looks a certain way, that's when you'll end up not trusting yourself. You'll end up contributing to your own oppression and oftentimes calling that job security. And inside, you know, there, there's that feeling of something's missing or, you know, I know there must be more to life, but I just can't seem to put my finger on what, what, what it is. Right. And that is where a lot of the work also needs to be done. And I'm hoping to also do an episode on trauma. That's a, that's a big part of unpacking all of this, because if we are not looking at our trauma, it, it continues to also influence the choices that we are making, which are often fear-based choices and fear of failure is one of those big fears because again it's been programmed into us that failure is detrimental 
mm-hmm. a failure is a threat to your survival. And if that's what we are believing, it makes complete sense that we're constantly running from failure. But as Emily was saying before, you're not allowing yourself to fail. That in itself is a failure. Absolutely. You've been listening to Seek Human Spaces. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of new episodes. Catch you next time. And remember to be human.